We've had such a good morning, I think we could go straight to lunch. Um, we've got something exciting before we open the Word of God this morning, and that's um, a short-term missions trip that we're launching um, in a couple of months' time. And we've got a promo that we're about to show, and we're going to watch the screen about a, a missions trip that's actually going into Papua New Guinea. And um, you can be part of that, but we're going to watch the promo and then we're going to ask pastors uh, Sue and Francis if they could come up and they're going to share a little bit about this trip coming up. So if you can watch the screen, thank you. Bless the Lord. I don't think there's person. I don't think there's somebody that cries as much as me. But nevertheless, that, that's j- just a pardon. Yeah, always, always caring. Thank you. That that's uh, uh, Papua New Guinea. Where where we go each year is to Mount Hagen, so it's right up in the highlands, and uh, I, I I love it. I, I would go back and live there, but my wife would probably stay here. No, I'm kidding. I could, I could actually live up there. Third world, you know, you bath in a bucket of water or in one of those, one of those cold rivers and uh, there's not all the bells and whistles, you know, the electric light, the government up there is, they're worse than our government down here, but um, nevertheless. So what, what we, uh, we um, as you see some, some of the photos there, we've been, we've been going up there for six or seven years now. We support a pastor that I met in the, in the first crusade that I, I was up there. I met, I met a lot of pastors, but in the crusade, preaching the crusade, and we then I uh, and uh, I preached at a church later after that. But one of the the guys, uh, Pastor Jacob uh, Kingo, now that uh, that we've been to our church in Innisfar, where we're running uh, financed and supported, even in through the year, he blocks during the year. They got nothing. There is no dull. There is no pension. <laughs> there is no fallback. You get up and you got two feet in a heartbeat. Thank God they got really black, like to see black, rich soil, and they, that's how, that's how they live. And then they go down to the markets, and by the help of the grace of God, somebody down in them that, that they will, you know, give them, give them reasonable kina. And um, but the man has a passion. He uh, just short. I don't want to take long because he his brothers went to school and that, and he and they don't have the money to. To, you know, get him to school. So he made the choice not to go to school. He could be preaching here this morning, and he beautiful English. You know, he, he's taught himself. He's, he's, you know, this guy walks for miles for three hours to go to, to, to go to preach to a church, and then then walk, walk, walks back home again. You know, just hop on a motorbike or in, in a car or or some, something like that. It's just his time, energy, and effort. But he has such a passion. He has such a one, uh, wonderful family. He's turning a part of, part of his church is being, being, uh, going to be run uh, for children for school because they live up in the mountain and you've got to go down into Mount Hagen and that's not the greater, greater place to go down. It can be a bit rough. But um, so he's... Um, he's, he's established a good church. He has a church out in, in Bukapana. And some of them live in grass huts and some of them have got, got things. And over the time, with, with finance and help from us and his hard-working son and others, they've built himself a, built himself a home. 
and there's a pace that's they always do things in, always do things in mind, in mind not just for them there's a room that is built in here for you and your wife Pastor younger there's a room that'll be built here for when the, for when the when the missionaries come they bend over backwards for you they cook and wash and clean and you know they, they wait on you it's embarrassing sometimes I go and do things no 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 pastor you visit here you're the preacher and I said no you embarrass me so what am I saying now we um we will, we're going up, so we look at people from here, there's a team who would like to go, not a large team, a small team, because I've got a babysitter and I've got a big rod that will flog you around the head if you misbehave. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But uh, then again, I mightn't be kidding either. <laughs> so we'd, I'd like to take, t- take a, if there's people, a, you know, a group that would like to come, and as I said, you, you, you on this trip here, you wind up to go out and and dig a hole and or go under where the holes are dug and squat underneath a bit of a bush to poop in something and you'll you'll got a septic to do a do that business in and you'll 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 get a, get out now you probably won't get under a shower you'll get a, a warm bucket of water and they'll boil up your water and you only bath once a day because it's that, it's that cold up there so you need socks and jocks and a whole lot more to stay warm so what else can i say would you like to say something honey she's, she's waiting for she, she's looking at me no, not really. <laughs> just say something. I'm going to say something this morning, and I thank God for the baptism this morning. I'll give this to you, babe. I promise. Um, young boys and, 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 and the other ones who got baptized this morning. Today is the 1st of October. It's my birthday. Now, somebody's going to say here, no, no, hold it now, hold it. My birthday is on the 1st of June, and I've just, just had my birthday, 70 years old. But this day today, on this date on the 1st, on the 10th, 1978, I was baptized and born again and saved 45 years ago that I've been walking with the Lord. And I say to the young, young blokes today that got saved, don't lose sight of if you get a ministry, you get gifts, you're raising the dens and cleansing the lepers and you're doing all these wonderful things. Don't lose sight of this day today and, and your love affair with Jesus Christ. Don't lose sight of it. If you lose sight of that, you're up the creek in a barbed wire canoe without a paddle. But you fall in love with Jesus and keep him as your priority. I'm looking at this young boy. nearly going to grab the two young boys as they went by me before. Talk to me later, brother, if you need any tips in life. If you need to get a girlfriend, I'm the man to support you. <laughs> All right. I won't say too much, but just in the baptism you had this morning, that was beautiful. The, how they have, you saw something on the screen, went a bit quick, but their baptism's up there. That other one was in a little creek um, another time and they, it's only a little hole so they had to go up on the, the banks, they were up the trees, you know, they were just like everywhere. So um, everybody's excited for baptisms up there. If you go to the crusade um, with Francis, you will, you'll not be sorry. It's, it's not the easiest thing to do. Um, there's a few challenges, like he said, with sometimes with toilet. Things are getting better up there now. They do have power in a lot of places. Um, they do have uh, toilets in a lot more places. Um, we've been, we have had toilets when we've stayed up there, but uh, if the tank's not got water in it, they don't flush. So you have to go and get water from the creek anyway to flush them. So um, it's a bit challenging, uh, but it's, it does you good. It's really, really good. You come back and you will really appreciate what you've got back here. The Crusades, the Crusades, they, we sung a song this morning 
the battle belongs to him. Up there, they know the battle belongs to him. They trust him for everything. They don't trust their own planning, their own programs, their own... They put it in place. They have everything in place. But they don't trust that. They trust God to bring about success for their crusades. They have a ladies' prayer team that goes up every night of that crusade for the week. They're up on the mountain. They have a prayer mountain. They have little huts where you can actually go up there and pray. You can stay. You can sleep. They have a tag team prayer night, the ladies. Some sleep while some pray. The others that get up then they pray while the others sleep. And you see them. You know who they are because the next day in the crusade you only got to look across and they're dropping off to sleep. But that is the success of that crusade. That is why people get saved. That is why people get baptised. It's because they put in the hard yards of prayer. They don't trust their own planning. So that, you know, if you go up, you'll have a great time. They, with, they worship with this body. With this body, I the worship. We said they use every part of their being. Brother was talking this morning about what we worship with. They will use any, any part of their body they can move, they use. They dance as... Many years ago, we did here in the front of this church, we danced, we clapped, we sang, we did circles, whatever. They do that all the time, every crusade, every week in their church service. But worship, they, they... Worship service goes for an hour. Yeah, an hour. An hour. No Before hour church comes, starts. They go round and round. The, 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 it's hard to the count. They just go around. The pulpit and everything in the masses sat down with all the beautiful branches and this and that. It's triple down man. So you really can get to know what worship is really all about when you go to PNG in some of those crusades. So anyway, I won't keep talking, but have a think about it, pray about it. If you feel God would want you to go, come and see Pastor Ben and then, you know, Francis and have a yarn. And it's getting closer to the time, so it's not much time to organise it. So think and pray quick. And if you want to have no more, then see Pastor Ben and get with Pastor Francis. So bless you all. Thank you guys so much. Sounds amazing. Um, quite a few months ago, we started supporting um, that church. Pastor Jacob as a church, we started supporting their work. And um, it's a real privilege now we get to do a, a short-term missions trip. If you didn't get those dates, in, it's in early December this year. Um, there's a couple of ways you can be involved. Number one is we would love you to pray. Not only pray for the time when this team is away, but be praying leading up to when the team goes. Um, we know, as, as Sue just said, that prayer is the undergirding of everything that, that happens significant for God. Uh, the second thing is, as they mentioned, if you want to join this team, there is still spots available. There's a couple of people that have already expressed interest. If you want to join the team, um, come and see myself or, or uh, Francis and express your interest in wanting to go. Um, it's going to be an incredible time, just over a week, where you're going to get to go. You're going to minister, pray, be part of, of, of praying for people, serving the people, and really get an insight into what is going on in PNG and the incredible work of God there. So, And how many know that even just listening to, to Sue and Francis for a few minutes, you're going to have a lot of fun with this guy. If anything, you're going to come back passionately in love with Jesus. And um, that would be worth it all just there. And the third way you can get involved is actually to financially give. 
we actually want to subsidise um, the team's costs, and also we want to be able to give and and and, and give some money to the church in PNG for the convention for the crusade. And we, it's, it's on our hearts more than anything that we could go over there, not only visit, but actually leave a deposit, actually leave financially bless them, be able to add to their building works and, and all the costs they have there. And, and how many have in, enjoyed the once a month lunches that we've had? We've been doing them for some time now and they've been free and they've been incredible. But what we thought today was that how many know that if a few people just help, it can be a big burden. But if everyone chips in and helps, we can make this thing happen. And so what we thought today is we in, in, um, have another incredible lunch is the encouragement this morning is to, if you could just pay a, a few dollars or whatever you can give for the lunch that's going to go to PNG. And this is a way that we can all sow into what is happening there we have the benefit of these free lunches every month and they will continue. But what it is this week, just once off on the month, is that you contribute in some way. And this, this green and white box is going to be in the cafe where you pick up your coffees. If you have cash, cash is welcome in this bucket. This is going to be there. Um, there's also the FPOS machine down the back near the white box. Um, there's instructions there to make, that you can fill out to make sure that the funds will get to PNG. And there's also, if you want to use the bank transfer or the QR code, just leave the description, PNG, in the description and we'll make sure all these funds go to this missions trip and seeing the people in Papua New Guinea blessed and their church prosper. Um, such an incredible opportunity. We're looking to raise between three and three and five thousand dollars. This is where we need to be to to, to help uh, subsidise the trip, and also to be able to help sustain and, and, and really bless um, the PNG Church there and bless the uh, the crusade. So, once again, there's a couple of ways that you can be involved. But if you do want to come on this trip, make sure you come and talk to us fairly soon because we need to apply for visas and things like that and and put the things in place. So. Who's excited about that? Very good. All right, I'm going to talk fast this morning. If you can listen fast, that would be amazing. We're going to come around the Word of God for a few moments that we have this morning. And this month, we're actually starting a series on eternity. Eternity. I remember, I think I was probably in my 20s before I ever had the thought in my mind, what happens after I die? I'm pretty sure I was in my 20s when I'd actually never considered the fact that we actually have life after our earthly experience. How many know that the Lord, by His grace, may give us 70, 80, 90, 100 years on this planet? And then after that, we are actually eternal beings and we will live forever. I want to unpack two truths this morning that you'll see all through scriptures and we're not going to look in depth but I encourage you to go research this, study it out. But the first truth is this, how we live here determines where we spend eternity. Let me say that again, how we live here on this earth determines where we spend eternity. 
The Bible's very clear that as we come and we receive this gift of salvation and we put our faith in Jesus as our Lord and Savior and we authentically follow Him, that that very choice we make here actually determines where we live in eternity, whether it's heaven with Jesus or if it's hell without Him. The second truth is that how we live here determines how we live in eternity. Not only does it determine where we live, but it determines how we live. And right through Scripture, we see that time and time again, Jesus and Scripture is talking about that, that, that there is this thing of reward, that there's this thing of reward that how we actually live here for the 70, 80, 90, 100 years that we have actually determines how we live in eternity. I would like to break that down further and summarize and say how we live, how we lead, and how we love determines how we will spend eternity. How we live, how we lead, and how we love determines how we will spend eternity. In John chapter 9, verse 4, it says, this is Jesus speaking, he says, As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. How many know that there's no night shift in heaven? What this verse is saying is this is the opportunity. This is the time to work. This is the time that actually determines how, not only where we live in eternity, but how we live in eternity. Why this is so important that we talk about eternity is because we're living in a culture and a society that tells us the exact opposite. We're living in a society right now that emphasizes social media followings, that emphasizes my new haircut and how many people like or dislike that. We live in a society right now that's absorbed with me and mine and everything that's happening right now. You only have to go on social media, you only have to walk down the street. You only have to engage with people to realize that everyone, our society is focused on us. Everything's about us. Our social media followings, how many people like or dislike us, how we feel, even our retirement plans. This is not bad stuff. This is actually good stuff. But what we have is a society that we live in that is not focused on us as eternal beings, but all about us right now and for our earthly body. This morning, I'd like to propose that what we do matters for eternity. This should be a sobering thought that what I do, how I behave, the choices I make, the way that I treat people, the way that I treat God, the way that I treat myself, the way that I treat my neighbors, all of that matters because it is forging my way into eternity. Let me say that again. What we do here 
actually determines how we live there. In order to live for eternity, we must live from eternity. It doesn't mean that we can't have possessions. It doesn't mean that we can't have the house. But we just can't let the house have us. It doesn't mean that we can't have dreams and desires. It's just that we can't let the dreams and desires have us. It's not that we can't have material things or aspirations or incredible things that we're looking forward to, the boat and all those things, but we can't allow them to actually have our heart. Jesus actually says, he says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so it's not about living in this poverty mentality where we don't have anything. But what it is, is allowing and and, and making sure that these things don't grip our heart. Because where our treasure is, our heart will be also. How we live here determines how we live in eternity. It is a big deal. I would like to propose this morning that um, maybe you're sitting here and you're actually thinking, like I do sometimes, what you're going to have for lunch. How many know that this is an important thing? I guess you don't have to worry too much because lunch is being provided, but maybe you're thinking about what you're going to have for dinner. Or maybe you're thinking about, hey, what, what am I going to do when I leave school? What occupation am I going to work in? Or maybe even some more things like, who, who am I going to date? Who am I going to marry? These are huge questions. But there's one question that actually makes all these pale in insignificance, and that is, How we live now actually affects us for eternity. Isn't it incredible that the Lord has made it that how we live in the 70, 80, 90, 100 years actually determines how we live for billions of years to come? Not only where we will be, but how we will live. How we live, how we lead, how we love is a big deal. When I was in my mid-twenties, um, I got a job in the main roads department, and that was pretty cool. And there was a guy we were working with. He was in his late thirties, young guy, fit guy, used to go cycling all the time. And all of a sudden, we noticed that he wasn't at work much anymore. And we soon found out that he was getting—he was away getting some medical treatment. And one day we got an email to say that he had passed away. And this was six months from when when we found out that he had something wrong with him. He had passed away from a very aggressive form of cancer. Six months in his late 30s. And I remember standing in the funeral as they were moving his coffin forward. And I remember this was really the, the, the... the one time in my life where I really started to think about eternity. Up to that point in my mid-twenties, I really hadn't given it a lot of thought. And for the very first time, it started to impact my life. And I remember standing in the funeral as, as his body was, was taken forward in the coffin. I remember saying to myself, if I actually believe the Bible, then I've got to actually change the things that I'm doing. 
I remember saying to myself, if I believe the Bible, that means that this man, my work colleague, who as far as I knew did not know Christ, did not have any relationship with God, had gone to eternity without God to hell. And I remember in that moment, it hit me so hard. It was like, hey, if I actually believe this, I've got to change what I'm doing. And that was a huge turning point in my life. Probably the most significant moment in my life was at a funeral. Because for the first time, the reality of eternity hit me. And I had to make a choice. I could no longer be one person at church and one person at work. I could no longer play games. But I actually said, if this is really true, if the, if the Bible is true, then I've got to make some changes. The reality is, is that how we live in the 70, 80, 90, 100 years that we have actually determines how we live in eternity. It is a big deal. In Matthew chapter 18... We're going to read a verse here, just say to the person next to you, are you ready? Matthew chapter 18 verse 8, here we go. By the way, this is the words of Jesus, this is not a quote from me, it says, if your hand or your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life maimed or crippled than to have two hands or two feet and to be thrown into eternal fire. Verse 9. It gets worse, by the way. If your eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to enter life with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into the fire of hell. I don't really want to say a lot about this verse because I think sometimes we read a verse like this and then we talk so much that we actually dilute the very message of Jesus. This verse is meant to hit us in the, in the middle of the forehead. And sometimes I think that we love to go to passages, and I was talking to someone recently about this, we love to go to passages that are like our, our cabin at the beach. It's like so cozy and you get the, it's just so beautiful and those passages are great to go to, but we also have to embrace the passages that we either don't understand or that are offensive to us. And this is one of those. Like I said, this is the words of Jesus. Now we know throughout all the New Testament that Jesus was always dealing with the issues of the heart. He was always saying to people, hey, you have this external thing going on that's great, but you need to deal with the issue of the heart. And then all of a sudden in these couple of verses, it seems that Jesus is maybe moving away from the issue of the heart and dealing with an external component. Because how many know that if my hand causes me to sin and I cut it off, it's not necessarily going to fix the heart issue. But all I want to say about this verse here is, we should leave this morning with this thought of the seriousness and the gravity of eternity. 
As much as you understand or don't understand this verse, don't get caught up in that. Just leave knowing the big picture that Jesus, when he said these words, why he is saying them is because eternity is such a big deal. Does that make sense? This deal of eternity is such a big deal and how we live now affects how we'll live there. You might say to me, Ben, why would you read a verse like this when we're celebrating? We're about to go for lunch. You're like dampening the whole mood of a great day that it was until you got up and started speaking. I would like to say this morning that if you're here and you're alive, which is everybody, you should be extremely excited about this verse because what it means is that we still have time. What it means is Imagine if we stand before God and this is the first time this verse has challenged us. At that moment, it's too late. Right now, everyone should be cheering just like those people jumped out of, when they jumped out of the tank. We should be cheering because it's like, thank you, Lord, that you've allowed the offensiveness, the seriousness, the, gravi- the gravity of this scripture to impact my life now when I have the ability to make change. Because when we stand before Him, it's irreversible. Scripture is very clear. These are the moments we have, the 70, 80, 90, 100 years we have in this earthly body, in this earthly suit, is to live well, to love well, and to lead. How are we going? We still all good? In James chapter 4, verse 14, in the Passion Translation, this is what it says. But you don't have a clue what tomorrow may bring, for your fleeting life is but a warm breath of air that is visible in the cold only for a moment and then vanishes. Let me say that again. For your fleeting life is but a warm breath of air that is visible in the cold only for a moment and then vanishes. This life, this earthly life, actually determines how we live in eternity. It not only determines where we're going to live, but it determines how we're going to live in eternity. And over the next few weeks, we're going to unpack that a bit more this morning. This morning, I just want to give you an entree into this, this, this revelation of eternity. I just want you to think for a moment about in a billion years time what you would have thought about your existence on earth. I know it's a crazy thought. I I can't even comprehend a billion years time. But in a billion years time when we look back about what we did, how we lived, how we loved, how we served and how we led, In a billion years' time, when we reflect on just like those who got baptized this morning and went into the waters of baptism, made a decision for Christ that they're going to follow Him. In a billion years' time, I don't think we're going to look back and say, hey, I should have 
worked a little bit more. I should have bought that other thing that I was looking for. I'm not saying that any of these things are bad. I'm just saying that we have to get a clear perspective of eternity. The truth is, is that in a billion years' time, we would have only just been scratching the tip of the tip of the iceberg of eternity. How you live here determines how you live there. Just as we finish up, it's right on 11 o'clock. In Hebrews chapter 12, I love these couple of verses because these are people who are cheering us on that are in eternity. And they've been where we are and now they're in eternity. And this is what it says, Hebrews Chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded with such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off, throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. I just want you to close your eyes for a moment. I'm going to pray. Whatever age you are this morning, I think it's important that we realize that the reality of eternity. Maybe you are here in your 20s and you've never given this a thought. Maybe you're like I was. But this is a big deal. How we live, how we love, and how we lead determines how we spend eternity. Lord, this morning we thank you that you've put eternity in our hearts. Lord, I just pray for everyone in this church, this auditorium this morning. I thank you as we've celebrated baptisms today. But Lord, I pray that today there would be something significant that would happen in every single person's heart. That Lord, you would burn. That you would burn eternity in our heart. That Lord, we wouldn't be going around embracing life like the rest of our society does. All consumed with the, our earthly existence. But Lord, that you would burn something deep within us. That we wouldn't be deceived that we can arrive there on that day knowing that we've done everything we could do and hearing those, well, those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Just while you've still got your eyes closed, I, I want to give an opportunity here if you've actually never come into a relationship with God. Maybe as I've been speaking this morning, you're like, hey, well, I don't know if I'm right. I don't know if I died right now whether I would go to heaven. I don't know if I, I died right now and stand before God, if, if, if I can stand righteous before Him. And if that's you and you're unsure of your salvation, if you've never been born again or maybe in the past you have been, but today you want to say, hey, I want to know that I'm right before